Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode of the Adventure Jogger Podcast brought to you by Rob Devine, Andrew Mitchell, Robert B. Money Brooks, Scott. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Robert B. Money Brooks is my favorite name on the list, by the way. And Scott Brook, not to be confused with B Money, <laughs> just call him S Money, and all of our Patreon supporters. And of course, I'm talking to you right now. Yes, you, the listener. <laughs> The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Well, Jennifer, there's so many things that I could attribute to you. There's so many things we could talk about. You have quite the list of things to add after the name. Jennifer Russo, you are the (laughs) co-founder of the Empower Ultra Series, which is a great uh, race series that you co-founded with Annette Zepatel, who is just absolutely fantastic. Nettie from mm-hmm. Ohio is, a, yeah. is an incredible <laughs> um, uh, movie worth watching. You're a mother of three, accomplished mm-hmm. runner in, in, in so many things. But you also can make a claim that really no one else can at the, at, at the time of this recording, by the way. You are the, you are the first woman mm-hmm. to run 300 miles in a backyard ultra. That's pretty fantastic. And as far as women are concerned, there is none on planet Earth that have gone farther in a backyard ultra than you, madam. That's worth cheering. That's worth that, that's that's pretty darn impressive right there, Jennifer. <laughs> well, thank you. That's a uh, there's plenty of women that can do it though, I think. Just nobody nobody's done it yet. <laughs> yeah, I think one thing we're seeing in the sport now, especially when you start seeing you know, Charlie Lawrence, the kid who just broke the 50 mile world mm-hmm. record or American record. Um, we're seeing all these these college cross country athletes not taking the normal route to ultra running and going straight into it after college cross country. And so we're going to see all of these numbers fall. Let's just enjoy them while we can. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are in a very unique position to, I think, talk about what is becoming one of the most popular formats in the sport, um, the backyard format of ultra running, which if people don't know, it's, it's four point blankety, 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 blank. Basically, if you, 
if you go all day, you get 100 miles. So just mm-hmm. take 100 minus 24. You have to run that loop on the hour, every hour, over and over and over again until one person is standing. They're popping up all over the place. Harvey Lewis made history by mm-hmm. running 450 miles, yeah. which was bonkers. But before we get into kind of your expertise and, and the and talk about that format and all of that, I kind of want to get your story, Jennifer. How how in the heck did you find the world of ultra running? And how in the heck did you find out that you're so darn good in these backyard things? <laughs> well, the, the backyard was a total accident. Um, the, the ultra running, I, I didn't start running until later in life. And I mm-hmm. kind of started with like a bunch of marathons, thought that yeah. was like impossible. And then when I turned 50, I decided I wanted to try and run 50 miles. And I was terrified because I thought, you know, I've only ever done a marathon. I'm like, oh, my gosh, 50 miles. It seems so far. So I picked Tunnel Hill because I thought, you know, that might give me a half a chance of finishing. Right. And so I, I did that one. And toward the end, I was like sprinting across the finish line. And my husband's like, wow, you look like you want to keep going. And I'm like, I kind of do. And he's like, oh, oh, boy. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I got bitten by the, the ultra bug, I guess. So that was kind of how I got into the ultra. So I started, I guess my first hundred was um, 2016 with mm-hmm. Burning River. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, and I'm sure many people have the same story. You, you, you try it and you're like, wow, that, that wasn't so bad. Actually, it was really fun. Actually, you know, <laughs> what else can I do? Right. You know, and it just you kind of get sucked in and you're like, well, OK, I could do 100. Like, you know, is there a harder 100? Is there a hillier 100? Is there a 200? Is there, you know, kind of what's next? That kind of thing. But, yeah. How do you like do that? Because you're, you're busy. You got a lot mm-hmm. of things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you also just decide I want to add incredible layers of complexity to my life and become a race director on top of that? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I had thought about it for a while, but I was never really sure if I was ready to dive in. And then um, Nettie, obviously, she mm-hmm. had done some volunteer race directing, and I'd actually run a couple of her races. And we met at Burning River. It was my first hundred. It was her first hundred. And um, we met very briefly, but then I ran into her later um, at another local race, the Stone Steps 50K. And we started talking and then she's like, hey, we should run together. And we started running together now and then. And then I had always kind of thought about this would be really cool to be a race director. And then she mentioned she was thinking about maybe doing it on her own. And I'm like, me too. And so we just kind of thought, well, why not? Right. Um, so I had a, I had this idea for a while that I wanted to put on a night race and I wanted it to be, it was going to be in the Night Owl 50K. Well, mm-hmm. it ended up being Night Owl Trail Marathon and half and 10K. But yeah. anyway, so we just kind of started rolling with it and then COVID hit. And, and I think she's kind of told you some of the stories. So mm-hmm. we had to kind of, uh, we got our first race in, COVID hit. We did our second race virtual, went out and cheered everybody on and then um, had to wait a little bit. But then gradually, you know, we're, we were able to start rolling some more races out. But, you know, I didn't really know what I was getting into with it. And it's it's so fun. You know, I, if we got paid by the hour, though, hmm, maybe, <laughs> maybe a penny an hour, maybe, maybe not even that. But so, you know, you have to be passionate about it. That's for sure. Um, Definitely not doing it to get rich. Oh, my gosh. No. And it's funny because like before I got into it, you know, I didn't think they got rich off of it, but I figured they probably did pretty well. Right. You know, like I had no idea. Holy cow. 
it's so much work, you know, and especially that first time you put on a new race, like last year um, was our first time we did the East Fork and we did the, mm -hmm. it's a 50K loop um, around a big lake. And so two loops is 100K. So we just did those two distances, but trail work in August, like around this lake, there's, oh my goodness, there was so much work to be done and it was really time consuming, but it was so, so much fun. So yeah, I know it's like one more thing to throw in the mix, but it's really fun. You know, it's something we're very passionate about. So Well, it's, it's something you can, I mean, you can make a little extra change on the side. And I think if you want to do it right and you want to give people the experience that you want them to have mm -hmm. and you don't want to charge them an arm and a leg, you're not going to make a ridiculous mm -hmm. amount of money. But there right. are, I mean, we all know there's race directors out there, the ones that charge you $300 for a 50K the t-shirts and add-on and, and, and at the end you get a pint glass that costs them a dollar. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, right. like there's, there's some folks that are definitely trying to squeeze people for some money and the experience is lacking, right. but you're right. This is, if you do it right and you give people a great experience, yeah. You're not you're not sleeping on a bed of hundred dollar bills. No, you're not, and that's one of the things we really pride ourselves on too. Like having really nice awards. We love you know we love the awards. In fact, um, a couple of our races they're handmade wooden awards, mm -hmm. and for um, one of our more popular races, the Vernal Equinox, we did um, rabbit brand shirts last year that everybody just loved, and oh my gosh, that's those are my new favorite shirts. Just they're great quality, super soft. So we try to really, you know, do some nice high-end swag, some great medals. But the most fun thing is just being on the other side and cheering people in. It is so rewarding. And it's our race at that same race, Vernal, last year. Holy mud. Like it just, like the beginning of the race, there's a 48-hour and that, that starts a day prior to the 24-hour, 12 and 8-hour. But anyway, so Friday morning they started and it wasn't even maybe that much rain, but it just came down like so fast. The trails just were destroyed and it's a long story, but we ended up having to make a new trail in the middle of the night. I mean, it was a thing, but, but the thing that I, my point is just the, the watching these runners, the grit, the determination, especially like the 48 hour runners sucking it up through that mud just didn't quit you know and then when we rerouted the course it became a very boring course and even some of those sections got just completely trashed but they just most of them still had a smile on their face and they just put their head down and just gutted it out so i was like a proud mom i'm like you guys are so awesome like you know just it was very cool well, and too, you talk about the financial gains not there right i mean the ferrari <laughs> is not paid for yet um but what you're paid for in spades when you're a race director is the finish line. Like I, I think being at the finish line and you gave someone an opportunity to prove to themselves that they could do something that at one point was beyond their wildest dreams. At some point in their life, someone was going like, ah, it's not possible. There's no yeah. way I could do that. And you provide them the opportunity and the experience to do that and you're there to witness the moment when the impossible or the thing that their family and their friends and people in their lives have told them is not possible becomes a reality. Mm -hmm. And they're a changed human being at that point. Mm -hmm. And you're a part of that. That has to be worth its weight in gold and then some. Yeah, it is so cool. I mean, it's just so neat to witness 
you know, and everybody's story is different, right? You know, mm-hmm. and everybody's got their own set of challenges. And, you know, you see them at their lows. And, you know, we know what that's like, right? We've been there. Yeah. Every, everybody's been there. You've got those lowest of lows. But to watch them dig deep, you know, and to encourage them, just just keep going, just one foot in front of the other, right? And we had, like, one lady, not this year, but another year, just she was she had a, a distance goal and she was just not sure. And she'd come in and her feet were a mess. We'd tape her up. We'd send her back out. <laughs> she ended up taking a long nap, but you know what? It took a long time, but she did it. She, she hit her goal. And, uh, it's just, I don't know. It's very rewarding. Yeah. That's for I, can sure. see, I can see why you keep coming back for more because it's not for the money. It's for nope. those moments <laughs> it's, it's, right. it's for those, those finish line moments. Yep. So, you do the standard route. You do your 50 milers, you do 100 milers. At some point, this backyard format sneaks its way onto your radar. So I remember watching Biggs like mm-hmm. a while, while back and thinking, that looks awful. You know, I, 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 I follow it a little bit. They're running. You know, I go to bed, I get up there. They're still running. I go to bed, I get up there, still running. I'm like, oh, God, like that just sounds like torture, right? So I never really thought I'd want to do it. But then um, I, it was during COVID and there was really nothing else going on. And our the one in Ohio that's closest to me was in March every year. And when my my oldest, his birthday, his birthday's in March, and he was a little younger at the time. And I'm like, ah, because like, it was his birthday weekend. I'm like, ah, I don't want to yeah. try that because it's his birthday yeah. weekend. But then it got moved to November and I'm like, my birthday's in November. Maybe happy birthday to me. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'll give it a try. But I was I was kind of nervous about it. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to embarrass myself. This is going to be awful. I had no idea what I was doing, but I thought, why not give it a try? And yeah. uh, and it was a lot of fun. You know, I'll, I'll never forget that first yard. You know, the, the bell rings, off we go and everybody's just, you know, you start up a pretty big hill, but everybody's just walking and talking like mm-hmm. no big deal. It's just a party in the woods. <laughs> yeah. And it was just so different than any other race where, you know, the fast people take off and, you know, nobody's talking. It's just like, you know, let's go. And it I don't know. It was just so weird. It was so much fun, though. And, you know, I had no I, I really didn't have expectations. I was like, we'll just kind of see see what happens and um you know just went throughout the day we had some crazy weather that day i remember some wind some rain and uh my husband and i my husband was crewing me and we didn't know what was going to happen uh two kids were at home and had to go to school the next day and so i just said well i don't know how long it's going to go i don't know how long i'm going to go but if i'm still running sunday afternoon just leave me go home take care of the kids we'll see what happens and so but i had no idea so we're trucking along and you know all of a sudden there's like 16 of us and michael owens the race director he's a wonderful guy but he's like okay we're down to the sweet 16 and i'm looking around going okay look at that made it to 16 and then it was like i forget what he said elite eight i'm like i'm still here and then like all of a sudden it was down to like four of us i'm like what happened okay you know let's let's go and then all of a sudden and then like not that long after that there were just two of us and uh it was Tanner Lee and myself, and it. I hadn't eaten in hours and hours. I have this, I don't know, I've got to figure out the stomach thing. I still have never figured that out. But anyway, I hadn't eaten in forever. It's Sunday night, I forget what time. It's, oh, maybe 7, 8, I can't remember what yard. We went to 154 yards, but I can't do the math right now. Anyway, <laughs> so my husband's like. You. Keep telling the okay. story, and I'll do the math for you. There you go. Uh, so, how, many, how many yards was it again? It was 
100 and well we were in yard 153 i think at the time or 150 we went 154 yards total but anyway my husband's like so the kids are calling wondering if we're coming home to take them to school in the morning and i'm like yeah i'm like well and so he's like you know what do you want to do and at this point hadn't eaten in forever i have no tent because it got destroyed by the rain and the rain and the wind it's kind of raining and and i'm running you know i'm cutting my laps really short and i'm like you know it's fine. I look over at Tanner, who had been running like first all day. He's, you know, in his low 20, early 20s, right? And I'm like, yeah. this guy's going to go forever. I'm like, it's okay. I can be done. And so that's kind of how that one ended. And so then the next morning I wake up, I'm like, I feel great. Like, I'm like, why did I, I wish I didn't stop. Like, I could have at least tried to see, you know, like how long I could go. But anyway, and then that's how you get sucked into the backyard. You just <laughs> want to see if you can go further and further and that's what happens so don't ever well, do one unless you really want to get into it because you'll just keep getting sucked back in for more no <laughs> i did one i did one with the goal of using it as a long training run okay and so i yeah. had a mileage goal i was like i'm not winning this thing okay. i've got a mileage goal and when i hit that i'm drinking oh <laughs> it's beer time i got a cooler okay. full of beer and when i hit that number i, I i'm good i'm good to go um it's pretty amazing your first time out to be able to go all the way and get the assist to be mm. the, the second to last person standing. And you had no idea what to expect. You didn't I train did for it. You didn't anything different than you normally would. You know, you didn't quite have like a rest strategy or anything that had to have been for you. Like, okay, <laughs> I think I might've found the format that I'm good at. This could be the race the race format that I could really excel in. And spoiler alert, you did. <laughs> I did all right. But yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was fun. And I, I don't know if I decide, you know, if, if right then and there I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm good at this thing. But it just kind of, I think I got the bug to want to try it again. You know what I mean? Just to see if, if I could go any further. Um, but yeah. So then I went back again the next March. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So that was November because of COVID. Then the next March... Um, yeah. is when the next one was. So I gave yeah. it another try. And that time, well, I don't know if you if you know anything about that one, but um, I made it to the assist again, but this time. So it happened, it seemed pretty quickly, but all of a sudden it was Harvey Lewis and I. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, and my husband had crewed earlier and then I had a couple of friends who were crewing somebody else and they said, well, if they drop before you, we'll crew you. So then they were crewing me and they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, Jen, Jen, it's you and Harvey. And I'm like, well, we know how this is going to end, right? <laughs> <laughs> do I throw in the towel now or do I keep trying? No, just kidding. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun. I'm like, well, I knew the outcome before it even happened, but I'm like, I'm going to give it a fight, you know, so I'm going to, I'm going to try and hang in as long as I can. So it was just Harvey and I for like 16 hours or something crazy. So the two of us, it was the evening of the second night, I guess, yeah. uh, when it was down to the two of us. So just the two of us ran all night and we run different paces. So, uh, you know, we, we didn't run together much, but there were a few yards uh, where we ran together for a little bit. Super. There's no better person to be stuck with, though, seriously, than <laughs> right? Harvey Lewis. He's the nicest <laughs> human being on planet Earth. You're like, oh. how is this guy so nice? I know, I know. And you know, he's just so genuine. Just, yep. Just such a nice guy. And you know, some people, maybe they seem like they're nice. He's just nice. You know, he's just genuinely, you know, a great guy and cares about people and tries to help and 
offers advice and all those kind of things. And I'll never forget at one point, um, because I think he had, it was his spring break the next week. So he had, he could go for forever, but I think they had a trip to Hawaii or something, which I didn't know at the time, but he's like, he was probably like, okay, good. You know, let's see if we can just get this thing done. Right. And at one point he's like, so how far do you want to go? And I'm like, well, you know, I thought it would go to like 300 because there were all these really, really talented runners here. And he's like, 300 is a long way. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, like I never was saying I could go to 300. But, you know, I was like, I just kind of in my mind, that's what I was thinking. Anyway, it was kind of funny. But then I had um, I had pulled something behind my left knee and I, you know, it just kept getting worse and worse. And and then the the cold air gets to me, like in my lungs. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't breathe. And so like the, the third day, I guess it was, I told my crew, I'm like, I really want to keep going. I'm like, but I've got two things. Like I've got this breathing thing and this leg thing. And, and they were trying to help me out. And, and finally, you know, it was just, it was just, I was just done. It was, it was sad, but we went, um, I went 225. So Harvey was 229 and change. But, wow. Yeah. You're from Cincinnati, right? Mm-hmm. Harvey's from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. It's the water. Is it? You and Harvey can sell it. Like, this is Cincinnati water. Perfect for your next Backyard Ultra. Isn't it crazy that the man who has the farthest distance and the woman that has the farthest distance in the Backyard Ultra are both from Cincinnati? I know it's it's very bizarre, very bizarre. That's for sure. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. The mid, good old Midwest, right? <laughs> right, exactly. What is it about the Midwest <laughs> that, that you do so well in these backyard ultras? So that had to have been an experience and just an incredible confidence boost to be like, oh my god, I've done this twice and I've gotten the assist. Both mm-hmm. times, and I've I I enjoyed it so much. I want to do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. It was pretty cool. I was, I was. Uh, yep, I was feeling pretty good. It was. It, yeah, it was a, a big confidence boost. I guess. Yeah. Was it that point when you were like, okay, I need to start coming up with some sort of training plan, some kind of training ideas, specifically for the backyard format. So I, prior to that one, I kind of did. I mean, not, you know, and, and it's interesting because I've talked to various people about the backyard and tried to offer any, any advice I can. But you know what? It's not rocket science. You know what I mean? It's just, um, I think one of the things is, especially if you're new to it, practicing what it feels like to do that particular distance and what kind of pace is good for you. Like my pace, you know, somebody else's pace is not necessarily good for me because, you know, you want to come in with a little bit of time, but you also don't want to do anything to like push yourself too much so that you're, you know, you're going to wear yourself out sooner. So, you know, I had been practicing kind of doing some yards, right. You know, and and then trying to close my eyes and eat and just figure out, okay, you know, when I come in, how much time do I need? What do I need to do? You know, I need to eat. I need to stretch. I need to, you know, that sort of thing. So I have been kind of practicing that. Um, I didn't really, I hadn't really got into it with the dream of going to bigs. Like, not that I didn't want to. I just, it wasn't registering. I was just kind of like, I was kind of trying the backyard on, right? Just to see what it was all about and see. It was just kind of for fun. But then I think at one point, too, Harvey was saying something about, like, 
qualifying for bigs. I can't really remember. It was all a blur. Um, but it really wasn't too much on my radar. But that 225 got me into bigs, which was really cool. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, I got to step up my game a little bit, right? <laughs> Isn't it funny, though, that bigs, you know, six years ago, you could sign up for bigs the day before. Yes. You could yeah. show up to Laz's house the day before <laughs> and say, hey, here's a check for $60. I want to do bigs. And you'd be like, okay. Right. It is, it's mind boggling. It, yes. How mm -hmm. quickly it turned into you can't show up in Laz's front yard with a check for $60 to you have to qualify. Mm -hmm. And there's the big and there's the little and there's this and that. And there's <laughs> golden ticket races. And yeah. that, the, the growth has mm -hmm. it's just been stunning. Yeah. Yeah. It's it has. It's grown like crazy. Well, and I think, too, like it, it's been growing a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more. But I think this year, just for whatever reason, not only just because of the, you know, Harvey's amazing world record and that he was an American, but I think. I don't know, something happened. It just, it took a huge leap, I think, after Biggs this year, or even during, you know, like, and it's interesting because so many, you know, non-ultra runners are finding out about it and, and watching, which is, which is so cool because, you know, a lot of the mainstream people didn't even, mainstream, I don't know. If, <laughs> anyway, a lot of normal people <laughs> didn't, you know, don't really know about the whole ultra running world, I guess, and certainly not right. Biggs, but even Biggs is kind of, you know, transcended that i think so it's cool there's a gal that's a yoga teacher and a couple years ago she was like have you ever seen that bigs and i'm like well actually but anyway it was just funny like because i'm like it's interesting you should bring that up oh, yeah it's just funny but i it's, it was just odd because i'm like oh you know i didn't think other people outside you know the the running groups like really knew much about it but yeah do you think it's so. because the format plays so well to following along on the internet could be, um, probably. And it's just so cool because it's kind of like, I don't know, just, you know, who's still in? Like, you know what I mean? Like just kind of checking on it periodically, you know, especially in the morning after they've been running all night. Like, okay, let's check it out. Like, <laughs> Right. And I yeah. think if you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The, the sport's trying to figure out how do we, how do we present this to the world in a way that makes sense, right? And mm -hmm. they've, they've done streaming things with Western mm -hmm. states and other races where they'll show up and, and they'll have cameras at different aid stations and that sort of thing. But it does seem like the backyard format is tailor-made for, like, because everybody comes back to the starting corral. Mm -hmm. Right, like, so you can not, see everybody. Mm -hmm. Right, it doesn't require a massive amount of equipment mm -hmm. and, and, a, and a long day logistically 
to give people the information that they need to be able to follow along with a race, mm -hmm. you just have to have a camera set up at the start finish line and just let people know like, oh, well, guess who's back? Guess who's mm -hmm. out? Mm -hmm. Well, and too, just the online results, you know, you don't even need the camera, right? You can just kind of pull up and see who's, you know, like how many people are still in, what their last lap time was, average lap time. But the camera certainly is fun because you can you can get so much more of a feel by body language and, you know, who's limping. <laughs> yeah, just, just, basically, yeah, you could do that or just follow Tracy Outlaw because he will give you yes. all the details. Imaginable. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, and Laz's post, too. I mean, he I don't know how he does it. Now, that's a whole nother feat of endurance on its own. Right. Laz doing his updates oh, yeah. hourly, you know, every yard on no sleep and he's still writing very eloquently <laughs> do you think that basically the reason why he came up with that format is because it takes him that long to write something that wonderful <laughs> like yeah, get out of here so i can go write something i need 40 right. minutes to, to go ahead and write something this nice and that's and right he's going <laughs> so if someone's listening to this has never done a backyard ultra before and they're intrigued because, you know, they saw what you did, you know, 300 miles, incredible. They saw what Harvey Lewis did. And they're like, you know what? I've done other ultras. I, I want to give this a try. Talk a bit about just some specific training. Because I, I, I look at the Backyard Ultra and the one I did last year, I just, I trained normally. But I wish mm -hmm. I would have done something more direct to the format. Like, I, I should have set up a, yard, a lawn chair. Mm -hmm. and like a 4.167 mile route and just done like three or four hours or even like five or six hours of doing it over and over and over again and practicing. I didn't do any of that, but I kind of wished I would have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do I you think that is... do that? Do you like work long days where you're like, okay, for my long run, I'm going to break it up into yards and do six yards? So when I first started doing it, I would do more of that because you know i was i was newer at it i wanted to practice it more yeah. now that i've done a few of them um i don't do it that much because it's so time consuming right just think yeah. how many hours it takes right um so in so there's a couple of variations on that but anyway so i will still so like if i were training for one coming up most of my runs would be just would be normal training runs but then i might throw in a couple of times where I do that or, um, you know, get up at 3 a.m. and I live on a little country road and, you know, set up my little aid station out my front door and go do a yard and then tr come back and, you know, fill my water, try to eat and like sit in my little camping chair and try and close my eyes for a few minutes, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And do that for maybe three hours or something, you know, um, and then same thing on the trail. Um, I've got a, a trail up by where I live where it's real easy to come up with a shortish loop and it doesn't have to be exactly 4.167. You could right. even make it longer if you're just trying to, you know what I mean, to save you a little time and then just figure, okay, I would probably come back with five minutes. <laughs> right. What yeah, am I going to do with that five minutes? Right? right. Right. Because it's so time consuming if you're trying to get the miles in. And then if you stop, because especially when you're training or you're fresher, you're going to be doing the yards probably a little faster. So instead of taking all that downtime, just give yourself five minutes and do figure out what you need to do and how long it takes you to do it. And so I would, yes, if you, especially if you've yeah. never done a backyard, I would definitely say you don't need to do that every weekend. Um, but I, but practice it a few times. And then especially as you get closer to the race, practice it again a couple times. Um, 
jumping out of bed in the middle of the night and going for a run is a good idea just because, right, you're sleep deprived. Yeah. And um, and what goes hand in hand with that, too, I think, is if you can practice being able to fall asleep and take a three minute, five minute nap and pop up and be ready to go. Because I think one of the keys to longevity in the backyard is if you can eat and manage your stomach, which I'm still trying to figure out, and if you can get little snippets of sleep, because, you know, if you're really going to go for the long haul, you know, everybody can go a night without sleep. Even two nights right. isn't so bad. Yeah. But when you get into that third and fourth day, you know, you're, you just, even if it's just a minute of sleep or two minutes of sleep, just something where you can kind of reset, it'll do amazing things. So sleeping and eating and stretching are kind of like the keys, I think. Yeah. I love that. And I love the, the set the timer for five minutes because mm-hmm. it is time consuming. Okay. Go do a yard, come back, set a timer for five minutes, get used to that and then go mm-hmm. back out. And that kind of cuts down on the, on the, just the time necessary yes. to do it. Right. And, and hand in hand with that is trying to figure out how much time you need to do what you need to do. And five minutes is probably a really good amount of time unless you're trying to sleep. Right. Uh, so then what pace do you need to run your your yards in to come in with that amount of time? Because I, I, I'm so guilty of it too. Like uh, so many races like at Capital last year, I was like, I wanted to come in with only around five minutes, but I kept coming in with like 12 minutes, like during the day, like the first day, especially because I was having so much fun, right? There were so many great people to talk to. So I wasn't paying attention to my pace. We're just chatting and running. And I kept coming in. And I'm like, Ugh. Like I want to slow it down a little, you know, just because I want to try and conserve as much energy as possible. So, um, you know, if you can kind of have a pace plan and kind of stick to it, I think it's beneficial. It's so crazy because you think like you're going slow and then you get in your first yard and you're like, 17 minutes before the next one? (laughs) What am I going to do for 17 minutes? Oh, I can find plenty to do for 17 minutes, but it's just, you know... I, I should be I should be conserving, right? <laughs> Do you think the longer you spend, the longer time you have between yards, the more time you have to say, this is stupid, I'm done? I don't think so. Not for me anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Uh, but, I mean, there's plus and minuses to that long time. Like, yeah. um, Phil Gore is just incredible. Like, he would come in, and there were several other runners too, but him in particular, because I know he's done it before, you know, he'd come in with like maybe 20 minutes every yard. And, you know, Lance has an old saying that if you win the yard, you know, like if, you, if, you were, if you're winning the yard, you're not winning the race, or I forget what he says, something like yeah. that, just because you don't want to take him too fast, right? Well, Phil Gore is one of those exceptions where he can do that and not burn out. He can, you know, I think when he set the world record prior to Harvey, I think he was coming in with just a ton of time to spare. Um, So obviously it works for him, right? But it gives him the huge benefit of having time to really get your feet up for 20 minutes and be able to really eat food and digest it and all of those sorts of things. So I don't think it's gonna make you think this is stupid unless like in that time you get really cold and stiff and then, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. So so there's also the, the downside to having that much time is, especially later in the race, or at night, you start to get really cold, you get you stiffen up, you know, those sorts of things. Um, the chair is so important too. Mm-hmm. I brought a regular, like cheap ass Walmart ten dollar folding yard chair, and that mm-hmm. was a huge mistake. Because I saw everybody around me had the awesome recliner, <laughs> feet go up, nice 
lawn chair. You got to have a solid chair to do this. <laughs> yes and no. I, I have a zero gravity, but I don't always use it because I don't know. It's harder to eat like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's something about just a regular old chair. Um, the cot can be nice. Um, just because like if you're in that, this, and don't get me wrong, zero gravity chairs are amazing, but yeah. your hip flexors, right? You're, they're always kind of crunched up a little bit in that zero gravity chair. Whereas if you have a cot and you're really going to sleep, you can actually stretch out and like give everything a little break. Okay. So cot and zero gravity chair. That's how you know someone knows what they're doing <laughs> when you see a cot and a zero gravity chair. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> or a yoga mat. Or... If you're Scott Snell, who I've ran a, with a, a couple times at Capitol, who's amazing, I think he shows up with a yoga mat, a chair, and like a s couple of small bins. It's funny because I was next to him at Capitol this year, and he's like the minimalist, most minimalist person, right? He's got just yeah. a little bit of stuff, and here I am next to him with just everything, and I'm like, it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I'm looking at what he has. I'm looking at what I have because I like try to plan for every possible like scenario, right? Yeah. And I've got so much food because I always have stomach issues, and I'm like, well, I never know what might sound good, right? But yeah, it's pretty funny. So not necessarily. You can show up with a yoga mat and be, you know, the you winner. You got to go. You got you got to yes. figure out what works for you. Yes. I do think the food thing is hard because you know most races have aid stations with food set up for you. So you really don't need to think too much about it because everywhere you go, something's going to, something's going to get your, your attention. So mm -hmm. you're kind of forced to go, okay, what could I need? Mm -hmm. And right. that's going to be kind of hard. It is kind of hard. Although after you do a few, you kind of get a feel for what you like, what sits well in your stomach, that kind of thing. Um, so at Capitol, Sarah Smith's the race director. She's amazing. She has two former White House chefs that cook food during the race. <laughs> Dang. I know. That's the only reason I go. It's for the food. No, but seriously, wow. she had like avocado sushi roll-ups. She has smoothies. She had, oh my gosh, what was it? Date-wrapped fig. What was it? Like dates-wrapped in fig. I can't even remember exactly what it was, but the craziest things. Um, popsicles, of course, but just, yeah, amazing, amazing food. I needed eggs at one point. I had eggs. Like they, she's, she's just, wow. yeah, she really does That's it right. next level. Right now, every other backyard race director is like, White House chef? I got to up the game. <laughs> two of them, two former two White House chefs. Yes, they're amazing. And uh, yeah, she, now talk about someone who, does it for the love of it. I mean, my goodness, all the time and effort she puts into it. There's no way she's making a dime, but that's okay. But she's, yeah, she puts on a really great race. That's fantastic. But yeah, the, food's, the food's incredible. And I still yeah. brought a ton of stuff because you, you still never know what you're going to need. But yeah, it is one of the few races or backyards, especially that has any sort of real aid. Now, when it comes to setting up your tent and your, mm -hmm. your station, that's important too, because Space is limited, right? You get near the starting and the end corral, mm -hmm. and there are people that get there super early, set their tents up, tents up right next to the start-finish line, and then if you're stuck you, a couple hundred yards out, that's more distance that you've got to go. What is your strategy to getting a solid place on the property so you're not too far away? 
It depends on the race. Like for example, Sarah assigns spots by yardage. So I got pretty lucky there because I had some higher yards. So I got a really nice spot yeah. at her race. Um, Laz, it's a random draw. He just draws them out and you get what you get. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't have that great of a spot, but it's fine. You know what? You figure in the grand scheme of things with all the miles that you're doing, does it really matter? Probably right. not all that much. Um, but then for Ohio Backyard, he, he's first come, first serve, right? So, yeah. but starting at a certain time. So the times I've done that, we've been there really early and like, it's like, okay, everybody's ready. As soon as it's time, you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then last year he said, this was kind of funny. He said, you can set up any time on Friday and just left it at that. And so people are like, does that mean like 12.01 a.m.? Like, can we get there at midnight? <laughs> No, seriously. And I talked to a few other people and I was, I had it in my head. I just, I had to have a good spot. So we got there, we went at midnight, set up a tent and then, um, had it all anchored down really good. Well, overnight storm blew through lots of rains and Michael messaged me. He's like, sorry to say, but your tent's not looking so good. So my tent got like mangled, the poles bent. So then I'm like, and it's about an hour and 45 minute drive from where I live. So we yeah. drove out there, set it up at midnight, came yeah. home, slept. And then the next day it's all destroyed. So I had to go buy a new tent, go back out, set it up, come back home. And then the race was the next morning. And I'm like, was it really worth all that? I don't think it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, a premium spot's great if you can get it, but don't stress out if you don't have one. Cause I've had, I've done, you know, plenty of ones where you're not right up front and it's, it's not right. the end of the world. It's more in your head. I think that you're like, you know what I mean? Those few right. extra steps, you don't want to walk them. And honestly, as the race progresses and people start to leave and they've got some primo real estate, you mm -hmm. can have your crew move and, and take over that. You can be a squatter and take over yep. that uh, nice spot. Yep. That's for sure. That's for sure. So I don't know if you know this, but Nettie and I also host a backyard. Um, it was one of our newer races. We've done it uh, two years now. Yeah. And so we we just do a random draw. And so everybody kind of knows where they are ahead of time. But then we did like our first year um, when it was down to just a couple of people, you know, we all helped them move up closer just to yeah. kind of give them every advantage. But yeah. It's genius. The brain. We could talk about the brain for a minute. The mental. How, it's it's one thing like when you do a hundred mile race, the mental games you play is, you know, especially if it's a one big loop or a point to point, you're just like, oh, I never have to see this again. It's yeah. two miles to the next aid station, and then you mm -hmm. reset and reset and reset. In a backyard ultra outside of bigs, most of them don't have day and night loops. Most of them just have one loop that you run the entire time. How do you train mentally? for a race that is on a very small course that you will see over and over and over and over again and a race that you're not really sure when it's going to end that's the question of the day isn't it so that's it's a tough one so the mental part i think is hands down the harder part in a backyard over mm -hmm. the physical hands down i think that's that's pretty much what it comes down to um <laughs> I think the biggest thing is just trying to take it one lap at a time and not think too far ahead. You know, if you keep thinking about how you're going to see that same Dagon tree or pothole or whatever it is yeah. every lap a million times, you know, you'll drive yourself crazy. So 
I, I think honestly, if you can just really take one lap at a time. Now I have to say, so Ohio backyard, it's a two mile loop. So you do that twice so that yeah. some people that really bugs for me. It's not that it's just what you do. It didn't really bother me that all, all that much, but I do have to say the backyards I've done all do have a day and night loop. So I okay. can't speak to just having the same loop Yeah, that I think would be tougher um, because I love even though it's not a huge change, I love switching from the the trail loop to the paved loop at night. Just it, just something different. And then, you know, you get on that paved loop and you're like, yes, you know, it's something different. It's pavement. It's fast. And then after a while, you're like, I want that trail back again. You know what I mean? It's so it, it but it's it it gives you something to look forward to. I also try not to count my loops, but I you know I obviously want to know when we're getting close to the night loop because I'll change into road shoes and I'll need a headlamp and those sorts of yep. things. But try not to count my loops either. So you just try to have to take your brain someplace else, whether that's just, you know, reflection or talking to other people or whatever that might be. Just trying to focus on one at a time. So you find and it, I think, like you have to reset your brain. Like you're like, okay, this is yard one. I don't think about yard 100 here. I only think about the yard I'm in. Trying to, yeah. Because if you think too far ahead, and like I think too, if you've got like a number goal in your head, unless it's a really big number, I think you can do yourself a disservice. Like I know there have been times where, you know, you think too far ahead or you look around to see what other people are doing and how they look, you know, you get too caught up in those sorts of things. It it's it can be a recipe for disaster. You really just have to focus on one loop at a time and focus on your own race. You know, don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Like the first time at Capitol where I had a little more success and went a little further, that was my goal. Like I went into that race for the first when I the first time I did it and uh, I was looking to to do pretty well and my husband's looked at some of the runners and he's not an ultra runner but he, you know, knows all the statistics or whatever, knows what to look for and he's like are you sure that's the race you want to do? Cause he saw like the, you know, the, the rankings and, you know, all these yeah. big names. And, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't care who's there. I go, I've got a goal in my head and that's what, so it doesn't matter who's there. You know, I just want to focus on me and what I want to do. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter if I win, I know what I'm going for. And, you know, and I, so I think if you can have that kind of attitude, I think it helps a lot. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's interesting about the the format is speed becomes irrelevant mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter, right? Like, it really like, doesn't. You just have to be able to finish the loop in an hour. You need to be able mm-hmm. to run four point one six six seven miles in an hour. That's all you have to do. It doesn't matter if you do it in thirty eight minutes or fifty five minutes or fifty nine minutes and fifty seconds. Mm-hmm. It it really is. It levels the playing field. And it kind of, it takes the, the physical, the physical out of it in a big way, right? There's talented runners who are just fast, that are just good at moving fast. And this format just, I'm sorry, that's not a benefit that takes it away. 
Pretty much. Yeah. And, and so like some of, I'll look at, you know, who's showing up at a race sometimes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like they're, they've got these great resumes. They're super fast. It's so intimidating. Um, but you're right. It doesn't necessarily matter, but I think there is a bit of a benefit just because if they are that fast, they can also like the, when they run slower, it's so much easier for them than somebody else. You know what I'm saying? So there is, yeah. there is that, but it, yes, it, Totally. That's the thing, the thing about the backyard. The beautiful thing that really evens the playing field is that speed speed matters so much less. You know, it's it's yeah. just not a huge factor. Yeah. Perhaps that's another reason why it's taking off so much because here you are, you can be in a race with the Harvey Lewises of the world, the Jennifer Russos of the world, and you know that you're going to see them all day long. You're going to you get to see these same runners. You can make friends with people out on the course, you know, other than, you know, Jennifer Russo and Harvey Lewis. And you can, you know, whether you want to run a yard together or not, you're going to see those people all day long. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. Well, I think, you know, I think people are realizing that, you know, because it does level the plague feel so much, it's anybody's game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's anybody, anybody can do it. You know, if I can do it, <laughs> anybody can do it. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's really kind of neat. Do you think that the backyard format is still fringe in, in the sport or do you think it's becoming more accepted? I, well, it's definitely becoming more accepted, but I think it's still pretty fringe. Yeah. I, I, it's, no, I, it's I, good. I agree. I saw a lot of people because um, as we're recording this, you know, Ultra Runner Magazine comes out with their Ultra Runner of the Year award, and then they break it down. It's top 10, top 10 men, top 10 Mm -hmm. women. And there was a lot of controversy over Harvey Lewis getting seventh. Like, people were like, the dude ran 450 miles, (laughs) and he's seventh? And it's like, and people that are ahead of him are someone who finished fifth at western states and sixth here and right. fourth here and right. people are like wait a minute harvey lewis ran 450 miles how does that right. get him seventh you know <laughs> yeah well i i agree and, and you know and then i've heard you know some people in the in our in the midwest area are like is it it's a midwest thing people are they're 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 you know it's because he's from the midwest but yeah it is <laughs> have a it chip is, on our shoulder from the midwest yeah. and from the east <laughs> Like everyone east of the Mississippi and especially in the Midwest has this chip on our shoulder. Like nobody respects us. Right. No, we got Harvey Lewis and Arlen Glick. What more could you possibly want? I know, right? Oh yeah, it's so true. Um, but yeah, I was I was shocked because not only it, what he's done in the backyard, but there's so many other things that he's done. You know, all, pile that all together, and I was shocked he was not higher up on the list. I think he definitely deserved to be up higher. Yeah, because it's almost like they didn't take that into account. Like, well, it's a backyard race. That's kind of a yeah, weird Yeah, and you know, it is funny because it sounds so easy. And in there are things that do make it easier to achieve success, but it's it's they're tough still. Yeah, you're right. It, it sounds easy, right? When you say it, when you're talking about it, you're like, listen, this race, you got to run 4.167 miles every hour people are like well that's easy right and then you get in there and you're like, right exactly and then you get in there and you're like okay this is uh 
not not at all what I expected. <laughs> it's easy till it's not, right? As Laz says. Right, right. Ex- exactly, yeah. exactly. What do you see the future uh, going when it comes to the backyard format? <sighs> I have no idea. Honestly, I did not think um this year would go as far as it did and it's interesting and a little side story but some of the it was it was so cool at bigs this year just the runners from all over the world and running with some of them that you like former record holders they were like that first day they're like this course is shit they're like (laughs) they're like compared to the course we run at home because it's very technical and hilly and it was really dry and dusty this year and uh and not super hilly, but just a lot more tech- technical with a lot of rocks and whatever. But anyway, so I kind of was surprised it went as long as it did, to be honest. So it's hard to say because, like, I don't know if more and more backyards will pop up and maybe on easier courses to get, you know, that record up. But yeah. then it's all going to, you know, come out in the wash when everybody shows up at Bigs again because that's, you know, levels the playing field, of course. Um, but I don't know. You know, some people speculate that – it could go for, you know, 10 days, but whew, I don't think it, you know, I just, the human body and the human mind are amazing things, but 10 days, you know, there's, there's, there's a limit there somewhere, but I don't know what it is. Well, I guess it was we'll find a, out. Yeah, you're, you're right. Because this year we had a massive jump, right? Mm-hmm. We had been dabbling in the twos for a long time and it had been no 260, 270, 280, and then all of a sudden, there's this massive jump, and you have mm-hmm. all of these people, 300s. Mm-hmm. There's still plenty of people here, 400. I mean, think about think about this. Who got Harvey's assist at Biggs this year? Ran 445.9-something uh, miles. Nobody knows who that person is. Like nobody, like everybody forgot the day after the race was over. Yes, it's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I really don't have a prediction. I mean, I I think there's still room for more, but I don't. I mean, exponentially, there's no way it can continue at that rate. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure we'll yeah. eke more and more miles and yards. We all have out. jobs. We have jobs. Yeah. Yeah, like, like who's right. gonna, like, hey, I need, I, I'm sorry. Hey, boss, I need 15 days off because I'm going to go run for 15 straight days. Some people are asking like, okay, as a race director, are you going to cap it at like 10 days? You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's funny. Right. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of hard because at some point, yeah. if there's a race director at some point, when it starts getting ridiculous, race directors other than Laz, it's at Laz's house, right? Right. If Laz wants to go in and get a soda from his fridge, he can't. If right. Laz wants to go lay down <laughs> in his bed, he can. Biggs right. is in his yard for crying out loud. But the rest <laughs> of the race directors are like, um, I, 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 like, I, I'm a lot of sick days. Right. With your boss going, listen, yeah. Um, how many personal days do I have left? <laughs> yeah, because I've got this race I'm directing. Yeah, it's something I do in, in my spare time. And uh, I, I don't see these guys ending anytime soon. Can I can, can I, I borrow another vacation day? Right. I need another week off. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. It would well, be I'll have to get like, you'll need your like backup race director. So Nettie and I, we've got, there's two of us. So that's good. We can take turns. So yeah, if anyone wants to come run our race, we, we can go 10 days. We'll <laughs> right. got, we got you. 
<laughs> and tag team in. Mm. All right. Um, it'll be interesting to see. And I, I really wonder, does this thing kind of splinter out on its own and become its own thing where, you know, the, the backyard race turns into something that is not just looked at as this crazy fringe of ultra running, but this like sport that people get really excited about and follow. And it kind of exists parallel to ultra running, not as this kind of weird offshoot. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It, it is interesting, though. Like, I still think there's a lot more people that are afraid to give it a try. And I don't, but I don't know. And, and maybe it's because of the, the DNF, right? Yeah, like, right. you know, nobody wants a DNF on their on their ultra sign up, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why we're going to have to have a, a whole new site for for uh, backyard. Backyards, like yes. Backyard sign up where, yes. you know, there's no scores and you have to worry. I like about, it. Because here's the, here's the reality. People say they don't. And the elites say, every elite that I've talked to, and some of them I believe, and some of them I know are full of crap, say, <laughs> I don't care about my ultra sign up ranking. Here's how I know like some of them don't. I I honestly believe Courtney DeWalter does not care about her ultra sign up. And ranking. why should she? Right, one hundred percent. Right? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. She, if you asked her, like, "Hey, Courtney, what's your ultra sign up ranking?" She'd go, "Like, I don't she know." She probably doesn't know. Nineties. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't even. I even think about that. But I know there's there's elite runners that do, because I know there's elite runners who have gotten races that they have DNF'd, scrubbed from ultra sign up, removed. <sighs> So it didn't affect their ranking. I oh, wow. know that for a fact. And I okay. actually called someone out on that. And they were like, how'd you know? I know things. <laughs> okay. I didn't know that was a thing. I'll have to talk to somebody. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. And maybe, I don't care. Yeah, and maybe that was, maybe that's it. Because you think about it, like, why would you, you're, it's an ego thing. Why would I risk my, my, my 92% ultra signup ranking, possibly get a DNF? And lower that to a to a small like it sounds stupid right, right. now. Saying this out loud, Jennifer, it sounds <laughs> just stupid. But I bet you it's crossed a lot of people's right. minds. Yeah, for sure. And even if it's not the percentage, just that seeing that that what is it the pink bar with the DNF, you know, on their list of mm -hmm. races. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But I, I truly think because like I know friends who have talked to some friends about it, and they're like, yeah. They don't, you know, they don't want that, that DNF on there. Who so cares? we need a whole separate backyard sign yes. up. I like it. <laughs> yes. And, but, but let's just, can we just for a minute, just take a minute and talk about how absurd it is to care about a number that a website that charges you money <laughs> to participate in why we care at all <laughs> about that made up number. Right. Oh, I know. I know. And there's no real validity to it. I mean, maybe it says a little something. And if you're trying to figure out, you know, like competition or something, maybe you could use it. But yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I know I'm trying I don't to think care what about in mine. life, like what in life your ultra sign up score gets you. <laughs> 
like, <laughs> like, 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 it's on my job you... resume. My, 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 yeah, my resume. No, I'm just right, right, exactly. like, yeah, I, I know you saw my college, my experience, but did you see that ultra sign up score on there? I put that in big bold numbers towards the top. Like, I don't imagine when you when you die and people are saying nice things about you at your funeral. On... Like, you know what? I love Jennifer. She was a wonderful woman, heart of gold, great mom, but most importantly, killer ultra sign up ranking. It's on her gravestone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> the ultra runner gravestone is ultra sign up ranking. And then right below that is all of the segment king, segment leaders you are at Strava. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a sad, that's a sad, sad story. No. Obituaries <laughs> yeah. to start having that in there. Like they were the, they were the segment king. So-and-so to so-and-so on that street. Um, oh, man. Jennifer, as we wrap this up, and I hope amongst this conversation, someone's inspired to... <laughs> Ultra sign up score be damned. Yes. Uh, run a backyard ultra in 2024. You've given a lot of great insight, a lot of great advice, and I really do appreciate that. Um, as we leave, three things you would leave pieces of advice to someone who's going to try their first backyard ultra in 2024. So I think the first thing is don't worry about your ultra sign up ranking. <laughs> no, That's truly though. <laughs> don't yeah, I mean and, and and uh yeah. Some some count it as a DNF, some don't, but you know, who cares, right? Yeah. Um I think the biggest thing is what I was saying before, you've gotta really just if you're gonna delve into it, don't worry about who else is showing up that day or how you may do. You've gotta just really focus on what your goals are and run your own race and just, you know, kinda have in your head what your what your goals are have a solid plan um crew oh my gosh crew is essential right mm -hmm. i don't have any other race i do i don't have crew or pacers but a backyard crew is huge somebody who's got your back who can help feed you to you know help you wake you up when you need to wake up help you change your shoes when you're in a rush whatever so good crew good plan um and just practicing I don't know if these are really three things. I've got them all mushed together, but then okay. also just kind of just kind of practicing your strategy, you know, ahead of time, just so you kind of know what it feels like. When I hadn't practiced mine for a while, I went out to do one and I got in, I'm like, okay, what do I have to do? And I'm like, oh yeah, I, I usually stretch. Oh, and I, I have to eat. Like, you know, sometimes you kind of forget. So if you do kind of practice your strategy, have a plan, practice your strategy, have a good crew. Those are kind of some of the key things, I think. Okay, one more thing before we go. If yeah. you had to pick one, you can only pick one. Zero gravity chair or cot? Cot. Cot. Okay, you're mm -hmm. saying cot. Okay, folks, mm -hmm. forget, cancel your Amazon <laughs> order of the zero gravity chair. Cancel it right now, and then you got to order that cot. Mm -hmm. That's for me. Okay. Yep. No, don't get an air mattress because we all know here we are. It's 2024 for crying out loud. And why can't we sleep on an air mattress that doesn't come to the floor? At the end of the night, you have to get oh, a full like a cot. Right. <laughs> yeah, trying to get up and out of that thing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right, right. Well, and I think too with a cot, like the zero gravity is great, but your feet don't necessarily get up quite high enough. Whereas with a cot, you can like prop them up and yeah, cut, fan of the cot. Yes. Good stuff all the way around. Jennifer <laughs> Russo, thank you for taking some time. And oh, coming thanks on the so much. Together. You bet. Wow, wow, wow.